0: Sleepy town settling in for friend hello what's going on i'm just excited we made it to the what is this the fourth episode yeah oh my gosh
1: that has yet to be seen we don't know what order it's going to come out in
0: (laughs) yeah yeah it could be the third it could be the fourth it could be the 10th we don't know
1: we don't know and so seriously though we thought this might looking at the notes well initially looking at the notes i thought this would be like oh, like the the little shorty one maybe like we're not committing to any time frame like we can't guarantee you guys an hour I'm sure we could talk for more than 10 minutes, but this looked like a little shorty one. But then this morning I'm looking at the notes, I'm like,
0: this might be a little longer. This Who is knows? a rabbit hole I wasn't expecting.
1: Yes. Oh, I guess we should say what we're talking about. Welcome. Oh. <laughs> well, what are we talking they about?
0: Sh- they should see the title of the, the this episode, right? But yes, we are talking about the death watch beetle. The death watch beetle. Tick, tick, <laughs> yeah. So there's actually this beetle kind of is an extensive plot point. It's in the movie. It's in the book and it spans all the way up until the very last book. So, mm-hmm. and also there is a lot of lore and superstition around the death watch beetle. It is a real thing, but also we're going to talk about some other generalized beetle lore and superstition and all of that good stuff.
1: Yeah. The, the death watch beetle, we found some stuff that dates back to the 1700s. Uh, in some literature. So this guy has been a focus in pop not pop culture, but culture for a very long time. But not just that, we're going to dive into a little bit of like what the beetle means and symbolizes in lots of different cultures
0: as well. Yeah. Before we dive into all that, um we just want to give some shout outs since we don't really have any patrons yet. <laughs> we do want to acknowledge um, our Instagram followers and everybody who has been interacting with our grid posts and making the movie scene emoji the guessing games a lot of fun. Um, So thank you so much to all of these Instagram peeps, silver underscore on underscore the underscore willow.
1: So silver on the willow is actually a good friend of mine that lives in town. Hey,
0: girl. Hey. So a lot of these people, I think, are actually both of our friends, like if not mutually, then. Exclusively, so thank you guys for the support. We really appreciate it. Wild Spellcraft, she's actually one of my Bohemian Magic patrons. Cunning is it Cunning Celt? I think it's Celt. I Celt? don't know. Celtic? I don't know. Because I when, I, say, when I think of when I think of Celt, I think of like Celtic. Yeah, Cunning. Well, when I think of
1: Celt, I think of Celtics, like the but basketball team but that's the same thing and they're like yeah. Irish.
0: i guess it depends on where you're from cunning celt or Celt, we'll go with either one uh gen moon dancer awaken grace recreating caitlin garden punk life the home ed asd mama verbena beauty wellness miss King.27. lucan wolf witch jessica e bowers baking dom Elise Zero X, Labrador Wolf. Dot jewelry. That's your friend Ethan, right? Yeah, that's what yeah, yeah. we yeah. <laughs> and created uh by EJF, J May May, Nightbird Tribute Band, which I think we should talk about that for a second. She's an awesome Stevie Nicks tribute band. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. We'll have yeah. to get her on the show. And Tian Girl73. So awesome. thanks guys. Thank you guys so much for enjoying our emoji movie scenes. They've been really interactive and a lot of fun. Yeah. And I don't know. Should we keep those going and you're doing
1: a really good job, but don't force it. It's got to be natural,
0: yeah. yeah. I was just kind of planning on doing them as a means of promotion to kind of like do something a little interactive before, you know, we rolled out the show. And also mm-hmm. those grid squares when you post them individually, they kind of look kind of doofy. <laughs> they're like <laughs> they're like oversized like portions of the picture that we're trying to make. Mm -hmm. and they're shuffling themselves around yeah they're just shuffling themselves around and I know for anybody who sees that as they're scrolling through their feed they're probably like what is this like oversized portion of a picture but Mm -hmm. you know I wanted to make them a little interactive and a little more fun than just like just a random little mm-hmm. piece of a picture so oh so- i do want to say real quick
1: also somebody who's been uh interacting with our post is my mom so yeah thanks mom <laughs> she's uh she's been snooping on there thank you thank you so if you know if you uh you find her you get a golden star <laughs> if,
0: if they find your mom on there <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep
0: i haven't seen my mom creeping on our page yet but i'm sure she'll find her way All right. So I guess that wraps up our uh, little Instagram follower shout out.
1: And at this point in time, when you guys are listening to this, everything's already come out. But when we're recording, we have not even dropped the trailer yet. So we're excited. So when you guys hear this later on, oh, my gosh, uh, please let us know if you still want us to do the stories because Justina is a rock star when it comes to those. (laughs)
0: i've had a lot of practice either that or i have no life
1: my favorite is like the um you have the fry pan or the hammer and it's like the (laughs) boom and then the fry pan and then the other boom and you know exactly what's going on
0: (laughs) oh yeah jimmy's getting what what he deserves (laughs)
1: everything yeah let's i guess jump in we're gonna start with some of the mentions in the different series of the books. So before, we went over the book-movie contrast a, w- a little bit ago. And this is going to deal more with all four of the books, right? We're going to just list out the Death Watch Beetle mentions in all of the books. Even if you haven't read them, we want
0: to let you know where it shows up yeah I think I kind of dropped off on the rules of magic excerpts because it was mentioned a lot in the rules of magic so I didn't really put every instance I just kind of put the first instance and I'll just leave it at that honestly okay I think we're gonna need maybe a second death watch beetle episode in the future like just for the
1: rules of magic you think
0: yeah and just like after I read all of the books and have like kind of all the information under my belt I think it would be a cool topic to kind of revisit
1: cool let's do that. yeah and so the rules of magic is the second book correct? yeah in the yeah. series yeah and that goes over um when the aunts are younger
0: in yeah 60s. and it also cool. touches on when they have their brother vincent which we don't even hear about in the movie
1: oh yeah guys spoilers here <laughs> again <laughs> oh yeah if you're should... not here if you haven't read them and you don't mind spoilers, cool, stick around. So yeah,
0: but if you if you don't want to be spoiled, <laughs> definitely leave and go go read go read the books, at least the first one or two, and watch the movie for sure.
1: I mean, you don't have to, but it might be kind of confusing. But some people are like, "Yeah, I'll just get the Reader's Digest version of of this yeah. story through this podcast," which is totally fine. So I'm yeah. about it. All right, where are we going to start? I guess we'll start in Practical Magic because that is.
0: Yeah, the book movie. One. I guess we'll we'll start with the oh, movie yeah, because cuz that's where we all were introduced to it first. I mean, mm-hmm. no, we were introduced to it in the book, but a majority of us didn't even know that a book existed before we saw the movie.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: I guess we'll just start with it in the movie cuz that's kind of like the most I guess universally known Mm -hmm. So yeah, so the role that it played in the movie. In the movie, we learn that Maria puts a curse on any man that dare to fall in love with an Owens woman. When an Owens woman hears the ticking of the Death Watch beetle, she knows that her lover is doomed to die. So in the movie, we see Sally and Jillian's mother. If she hears the ticking, her name is Regina, I believe. And then it is um, said in the movie that their father died. It doesn't say how, but it does say that her mother then died of a broken heart. Then Sally also experiences the omen. And then her husband, Michael, dies when getting hit by a truck while crossing the street with a crate of apples on his way to work and he very dramatically um gets the uh what do they call it the axe
1: (laughs) (laughs) um real quick hang on did we do book of magic i Uh, i don't know if i want to give okay i see the book of magic there's a big spoiler do you want spoilers or no
0: well, in the Book of Magic, I just put the synopsis. I didn't put really anything else other than that. So I think it's fair game. If it's on the back of the book for a synopsis, I think it might be okay.
1: Okay. Well, it's not, but um, there is a, <laughs> there is, actually, there's a few deaths in that last book, but there's I a don't few know.
0: deaths? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. What
1: to say. I also,
0: I also don't know because I didn't read that one. I just put what I I saw. know. I don't
1: want to ruin it for you. <laughs>
0: No, well I we'll just talk about the synopsis. We don't have to go any further than okay.
1: that. Okay. All right, sounds good.
0: Cuz I feel I feel like it's fair game. If it's on the if it's in the synopsis and on the back of the book and you kind of have an idea of the rest of the storyline, mm-hmm. then I feel like it's it's cool. But like I said, I think we're going to have to retouch on this topic in a future episode once once all the, the books book. are read. Okay, cool. And and then I kind of have like a bigger a, a, you know, a better sense <laughs> of the actual up events.
1: Awesome. And some of the mentions in the book uh, starting, Justina was kind enough to list the pages that these fall I think, on but
0: i think that's the only page i listed <laughs> I oh.
1: think I kind of... <laughs> i'm gonna give you credit anyway so okay. this entry about the death watch beetle says the death watch beetle was found where michael most often sat for supper the aunts tried to warn sally about the omen but she called it nonsense there was also an
0: the black oh is this the black is dog. this
1: just you this isn't a part of the book
0: yeah this is just me noting what i found in the book but it's not that's not how she wrote it in the book
1: got it got it got it we also get a black dog omen uh in the book and the movie which we went over already in the book it is said that no one who is doomed could hear the sound of the death watch beetle so michael is oblivious But he, I think he sees and notices that Sally is kind of fussing over him and he's like, it's fine, like whatever. But
0: he didn't hear it. So he insisted that the curse doesn't exist. Nothing can go wrong. Yeah.
1: In the book, Sally hears the ticking of the beetle. as She's folding linens when she sees it dart under Michael's chair. In the book, she goes to the aunts and begs them to save Michael before he dies. They insist that they can't do anything about a guaranteed fate. And then it's implied as some time passes when one spring evening michael steps off the curb on his way home from the hardware store that he works at and he is killed by a car full of teenagers not a tour de france randomly (laughs) racing through the street of a small fishing town in cape um cape cod we're going with cape cod i don't
0: don't know like i'm under the impression that it's like a cape cod kind of town not necessarily like cape cod itself but like some kind of little mini fishing village in massachusetts
1: okay Racing through the streets of a small fishing village, or a rogue truck that has a hatred for green apples. <laughs> you, your jokes are so cute. <laughs> <laughs> you're throwing uh, jokes in. You got to let me know, like, if you want to read it because you're you're this is surprising. Like, I prize just prize like I, I
0: brain dump this, and then like I kind of just like my brain just like does its thing, and I just like I mm-hmm. type what I'm thinking at that time. I, I forgot I wrote this. You're so funny. <laughs> so it's pretty consistent between the book and the movie as far as you know Michael not well in the movie we don't even know if he hears a sound or not we just know that it has it out for him and Mm -hmm. he gets the axe Um, and we've already discussed in the previous episode or one of the previous episodes that it is different exactly how he dies it is
1: something I want to go and do an episode on later is sally and michael's house i was watching the movie the other day to do research for this and like there you only see her ripping up the floor but you can kind of see in the background her stairwell and like the window and like how it's decorated and stuff so cute like i just yeah i don't know hypothetical later topic
0: well we'll write we'll have to write some fan fiction pieces about their whole little house and their life and stuff because sure. there's very sure. little that we well there's very little that we see about their life in the movie it's kind of just a montage so we don't really get a full painted picture of like, you know, yeah, just their everyday life. That's how you, how,
1: how you pass time in Hollywood.
0: You got to splice it all together montage. in a montage. Yeah.
1: Do you want me to do this next, these uh, rules of magic and magic lessons, and then you can to, do the book of magic because it's a lot of reading. And you can <laughs> yeah. to that.
0: Yeah. And <clears> also <throat> because like, I, I've read rules of magic before, but like I said, I'm i'm rereading it right now currently just to refresh on stuff Mm -hmm. and i did a magnifying glass search on the death watch beetle for rules of magic and it's it's a lot so i i kind of didn't go into too much detail here um i kind of just mentioned the i guess the basis of it how vincent kind of read about its warning in the magus that old grimoire that you know he's really into or that i guess the occult it's like a dark occult book it's not the grimoire it's separate from the aunt's grimoire Mm -hmm. yeah so um, he he reads this he reads about the warning of the death watch beetle in the magus and then he and franny see the death watch beetle on the threshold and i guess it predicted the death of their parents as well as jet's boyfriend levi Mm -hmm. and then the cab that they were in struck levi killing him instantly but that's all that i mentioned about rules of magic i'm sure there's a lot more that if you want to add feel free
1: i not off the top of my head and we can just leave that whole part in if you feel like reading it not off the top of my head that since um there is so much in the book we're just getting an idea down of how i guess alice hoffman wants to portray Mm -hmm. the death beetle in her books yeah so we're not going to list every single one from that because as you said it was a
0: lot yeah it was a lot and Mm -hmm. also it there's also a lot in magic Mm -hmm. lessons as well which is the whole book about maria's backstory i didn't even touch on it i didn't even i didn't even add anything for this portion so if you want to add some stuff to this portion feel free for Um, magic lessons yeah i didn't i didn't touch on anything for this book
1: uh off the top of my head well no i don't have any spoilers (laughs) no (laughs)
0: okay (laughs) Okay. that's why i feel like we should definitely revisit this topic once once you're done
1: with the books yeah that's that's (laughs) totally
0: totally fine um but for book of magic I read the synopsis on Amazon and it says the novel begins in a library and the beloved aunt <laughs> Jet Owens hears the Death Watch Beetle and she knows she only has seven days to live. And then it says Jet is not the only one in danger and the curse is already at work. But I found this to be an inconsistency because in book one, it says that no one who is doomed could hear the sound of the Death Watch Beetle. So if she, oh. if she hears the sound of the Death Watch Beetle, how does she know it's for her? Because usually it's for it's you don't hear it if you're doomed, right? So I didn't I don't know. What that's do a good
1: that? that is a good point. I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was supposed to be if you if it's your death. I thought it was the person you the the man you love is doomed to die. Right. We're going off of what Jetty said, but they don't know what Maria's curse entails. Um that's
0: a good question. <laughs> I Wait, don't know. Wait, but, but they but they do know what Maria's curse entails because Remember in Rules of Magic, when uh, Franny was in the library, unbeknownst to her, her Aunt Isabel and her parents, like she was sitting mm-hmm. in the library reading Maria's journal. Mm. So she she read everything that Maria like had to say about all of that stuff. So, I don't so know. between
1: pra- so between Practical Magic and Rules of Magic, I don't remember how many years in between, but maybe that got a little lost for Ellis yeah. Hoffman's. Yeah, uh, I don't know catalog of information which is totally understandable that's such a minor detail that was that's a really good uh it is such a minor
0: detail but it is like it's important it's important right
1: yeah absolutely
0: so i don't know i don't i don't know she did write um well she wrote the first book before the movie came out a few years right and then a Mm -hmm. long time passed between the movie and her first book and the rules of magic rules of magic came out what like 2017 18 i'm gonna look it up right now yeah i think it 2017. was 2017 like, yeah. yeah so, so it was like, yeah so it's there was a considerable amount of time between the the, the first book and movie and mm-hmm. the last batch of books that she wrote mm-hmm. so i'm wondering do you think she pulled some stuff from the movie that she didn't include in her first book to kind of like make things make more sense in? the coming books. oh
1: absolutely yes dude oh my gosh i can't wait for you to read these fucking books because it's,
0: oh, no. it's I
1: know. it's when i was reading so that she starts doing it in i don't know if she, there's a whole lot in rules of magic i'll have to we're both kind of rereading it right now but there's yeah. a lot in uh, magic lessons maria's story that i'm like oh, oh <laughs> like in the movie <laughs> <laughs> it's exciting
0: i can't wait to read that one
1: mm-hmm and um justina and i were discussing as far as the death watch beetle and book of magic that's the most recent one and that came out
0: oh that one's the most recent one right the last one she released so
1: the book of magic is the last book in the series and that came out october 12th 2021 so super recently yeah
0: the only reason Uh-oh. why i remember when the rules of magic came out is because i remember you sent me the audiobook like right after my wedding oh I and like I, nice. just, like I was listening to it while well, I was staying at my boss's house because she was away. So she was like, uh-huh. "Yeah." And me and me and Avi didn't have our house yet, so we were kind of like still living at my parents' house. So Aww. she was like, "She was like, yeah, you could stay at, at at my house or whatever if you want a little mini honeymoon before you know your own honeymoon." Aww. So we stayed at her house while her and her husband were away, and we had our little mini moon there. And I remember just mini like moon. I was listening to the audiobook the whole time I was there. So. So that's, that's, a, that's, that's awesome so that's like my memory of rules of magic when i first
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah that book of magic when it came out um i jumped on it and we'll we'll have a whole discussion about it but we're not going to um we have some excerpts here but i can't really just give away because justina hasn't read it yet and i really i can't wait to but we have a lot of death watch beetle stuff so jet is not the only one who is affected by it as the synopsis says this is free game right it's on the back yeah. of the book yeah yeah free um game. the other characters that are affected i will look up to see if um if they hear it or not because i didn't even look
0: yeah okay yeah. we're definitely gonna have to do another death watch beetle episode down the road i think cool cool cool, cool. so we should we skip this whole excerpt so i don't know what do you what do you think Oh, no, if you want to read it, that's fine. Okay, so this excerpt, this is about Jet Owens in the beginning of Book of Magic. And um, this is basically about her in the library and how she kind of like knew that this Death Watch Beetle was predicting her own fate. So the excerpt, uh, it says, some stories begin at the beginning and others begin at the end, but all the best stories begin in a library. It was there that Jet Owens saw her fate in a mirror behind the reference desk. Even in her 80s, Jet was still beautiful. Each day she washed with the black soap the family prepared in March during the dark phase of the moon, with every bar then wrapped in crinkly cellophane. Jet had no aches or pains and had never been ill a day in her life. But fate is fate, and it can often be what you least expect it to be. On this day, when the daffodils had begun to bloom, jet saw that she had seven days to live the death watch beetle had begun to call from within the walls of the owens all right so it's basically saying that the death watch beetle is a sound that often went unnoticed until it was so loud it was all a person could hear when your time came the black beetle would withdraw from hiding and follow you everywhere no matter where you went its presence meant that the past was over and the future no longer existed This was the moment that revealed how you had walked through the world with kindness or with fear, with your heart open or closed. It had taken this long for Jet to appreciate that every instant was a marvel. Now everything she saw was illuminated, the sun streaming through the library windows in fierce bands of orange light, a moth tapping at the glass, the sweep of the branches of one of the last elm trees in the Commonwealth. And I want to sidebar right here, elm trees Mm -hmm. is also mentioned a lot throughout. Yeah. So um, the sweep of the branches of one of the last elm trees in the Commonwealth which shadowed the library's lawn. Some people unravel or run for shelter when their time has come. They curse their fate or hide under their beds. But Jet knew exactly what she wished to do in the last days she's been granted. She didn't have to think twice. So I just think it's so interesting. I don't know. That inconsistency just bothers me. <laughs> like, oh, no. Well, hopefully when we get to
1: interview Alice Hoffman to lay down, like, the law.
0: Oh, one of these days.
1: About how this curse works. Because we need to know. Yeah.
0: Well, not just the curse. Just, like, the omen in general. Like, is it those who are doomed to die that don't hear the Death Watch beetle? Because in the case of Jet, I mean, she, she hears it. So that gets a little fuzzy for me
1: <laughs> um yeah i'm kind of interested to look up the passage from practical magic like where what is specifically it says like he could not hear it or he didn't pay any mind to it and that's why michael you know didn't think anything was wrong i'm wondering said, what the exact phrasing was
0: he insisted that nothing could go wrong because i don't think he did hear it mm. yeah
1: now i do look this up we're gonna i don't have the kindle on here anymore you got your kindle nearby
0: yeah or do you use oh. your phone I do use my phone, but I can pick, I can pull it up on the computer too. All right. This is rules of magic. We wanted to look at practical magic, right? Yeah. All right. So, okay. So it says, says the lesson Sally has learned so long ago in the kitchen to be careful what you wish for was so far and so faded it had turned to yellow dust. But it was the sort of dust that can never be swept up and instead waits in the corner and blows into the eyes of those you love when a draft moves through your house. Antonia was nearly four and Kylie was beginning to sleep through the night and life seemed quite wonderful in every way when the Death Watch beetle was found beside the chair where Michael most often sat for supper. This insect, which marks off time, clicking like a clock, issues the sound no one ever wants to hear beside her beloved. A man's tenure on earth is limited enough, but once the beetle's ticking begins, there is no way to stop it. There's no plug to pull, no pendulum to stop, no switch that will restore the time you once thought you had. The aunts listened to the ticking for several weeks and finally drew Sally aside to issue a warning, but she would pay no attention. Nonsense, Mm. she said, and she laughed out loud. She tolerated the clients who came to the back door at dusk every now and then, but she would not allow the aunts' foolishness to affect her family. The aunts' practice was rubbish and nothing more, a grueling mix up to the feet of... The delusions of the desperate. Sally wouldn't hear another word about it. She wouldn't look when the aunts insisted on pointing out that a black dog had taken to sitting out on the sidewalk every evening. She wouldn't listen when they swore the dog always pointed its face to the sky whenever Michael approached, and that it howled at the sight of him and quickly backed away from his shadow, tail between Mm. its legs. In spite of Sally's admonition, the aunts placed Myrtle beneath Michael's pillow and urged him to bathe with Holly and a bar of their special black soap. Into his jacket pocket, they slipped the foot of a rabbit they had once caught eating their lettuce. Do you think that's Maggie? <gasps> Do you think they oh, caught all Maggie's? Foot? Maggie. <laughs> oh Maggie! Maybe. I just okay, read that so passage. Yeah, so if you guys read the rules of magic, you know that Maggie is their um, Owen's cousin, cousin who didn't who was kind of like trying to denounce their family name, mm-hmm. and um she ended up turning her she she ended up losing her power because she didn't want to own who she was, and she ended up turning herself into a rabbit. So I'm wondering oh, if this was Maggie. the rabbit if they cut off Maggie's foot. They oh, couldn't God. be that cruel. Yeah, you don't, I don't think? Know. I don't know. Who knows? They 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 stick doves with things. That's
1: true. Oh, the other thing I was thinking is like the pi- the uh, importance of like pin ma- in their magic, you know. Uh-huh. Pins uh-huh. all every both spells that they're doing.
0: Right. Okay. Go ahead, keep reading. So 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 they mixed rosemary into his breakfast cereal, lavender into his nightly cup of tea. Um still they heard the beetle in the dining room. Finally they said a prayer backward, but of course that had consequences of its own. <laughs> Soon, everyone in the house came down with the flu and insomnia and a rash that wouldn't go away for weeks. Not even when a mixture of calamine and balm of Gilead was applied to the skin. By the end of winter, Carly and Antonia had begun crying whenever their father tried to leave the room. The aunts explained to Sally that no one who was doomed could hear the sound of the death watch beetle. And this wow. was why, yeah, it's, it's, it says this was why Michael insisted that nothing could possibly go wrong. All the same, he must have known something. He stopped wearing a watch and set back all the clocks. Then when the ticking grew louder, he pulled down all the shades in the house and kept them drawn against the sun and the moon as if that could stop time, as if anything could. So do you think he started hearing it?
1: oh and just didn't want to say like if somebody gets sick sometimes they don't tell anybody right away
0: yeah like they don't
1: oh you don't know that
0: kind of makes sense because in the last book where jet kind of hears it it does kind of mention that it starts off very faint so then you Mm. don't hear Mm -hmm. it and then it gets so loud that it becomes unbearable Mm -hmm. um but then but it still doesn't make sense like in the first book how they say um those who are doomed to die don't hear the sound of the death beadle, right. so it still kind of doesn't make sense.
1: <laughs> I appreciate you reading us the passage. I'm glad you did because that's it's a very important turn, you know. A pl- um, yeah, plot point in the book.
0: Yeah, and I also kind of missed the whole bit about the rabbit foot. I missed that complete yeah part. I didn't put two and two together until I read it just now. But I think that's so funny. I'm wondering if that's Maggie.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: Could <laughs> you imagine? We should um
1: god dang i'm getting so many ideas i gotta put them on our topics list
0: yeah yeah all right and
1: cut um but like like the importance of like owning yourself so and like maggie's story because it does have a little bit it has at least two paragraphs on her her backstory like maggie maggie the rabbit
0: yeah we'll we'll have to do a whole episode on her too yeah all right um i'm just trying to like skim through this and see if there's anything else Do do you want me to finish the passage about michael
1: no, that no, that's good. So I do okay. want to say, like, um, her her taking the hammer to the floor. We you did that uh, story, right? Yeah, that was the one I talked about last time. That was like bl- block number four in your emoji story. Was her ripping up the floor in search of this uh, beetle. beetle? And yeah. there was a there was like a inconsistency that was listed. But I always saw it a certain way. So when she's doing, she's going at the floor. The inconsistency was like if you look at the one scene, her n- nails are natural, and then when she slams her hand on the floor, her nails are red. But I'm I like, they're not that. red. Like the light is shining through her sk- skin, like the way it shot. I'm like, her nails aren't red. They're it's the way the light's hitting them. But anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. But that was always something that bothered me. I was like, no,
0: I never noticed that before.
1: I'll have to go back and watch that.
0: Yeah.
1: No. Who's gonna clean up that mess? And do you think she sold the house that way? Or do you think right? she
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, I was I always wondered like how the hell she cleaned all that up. Yeah. I don't
1: know. Now my mind's going like, oh <laughs> what else can we pull apart about that zine? Um
0: I will say that the the sound that they have in the movie is not the actual sound of a real Death Watch Beetle.
1: Really? I yeah. you linked what the sound was, right? Are we gonna share that in our,
0: yeah, our show could... notes below? yeah we can also talk about that a little more when we come back i think now's That's a good time good. to take a break what do you think yeah i'm i'm with you i could go use a potted of break
1: i uh, will be right back after after this quick break to talk to you about all of the lore superstitions magical properties and even uh, some scientific facts about our death watch beetle we'll be right back you're listening to the magnolia street podcast
0: We are back. Thanks so much for sticking around. And if you heard us in that first segment, you saw us deep dive a little bit on the whole backstory of the Death Watch Beetle in the movie and in the books. And we found a little bit of... About Maggie, we we think, right? We went.
1: We yeah, I think there's a possibility of a uh, of an extra episode in the future.
0: I have a little bit of a stupid joke. You're gonna hate me for it. Go on. But I was I was thinking like we went, we really went down the rabbit hole.
1: In oh, that first God. in that first part,
0: but we went <laughs> down the Maggie hole because oh, she's
1: our. <laughs> uh, okay, my mind went somewhere else. I <laughs> will stay away from Maggie's holes. Thank you.
0: Thank Eww. you.
1: Oh uh thanks guys for coming back we're going to keep on with our little tradition here and we're going to do a little oracle card pull well we're not going to do it so much as a pull today because there is a death watch beetle card in the deck is that right
0: yeah this is the inner witch oracle second edition by grounded by the moon check him out on instagram he's probably going to be like thanks guys for all of this uh traffic
1: promotion <laughs> yeah <laughs> which but- uh, whom we hope to interview at some point because uh- oh yes their artistic process.
0: Yeah, definitely. I did a whole YouTube video on this, a review of this deck, uh, pretty comprehensive <laughs> awesome. review. So uh, we'll leave that in the show notes before if you guys want to do a little flip through of the deck with me. Um, I show you all the cards and stuff like that. But today we want to focus on the Death Watch Beetle. And there is a little excerpt in his little um, guidebook that comes with the deck that kind of says, I guess, his interpretation of the Death Watch Beetle, what it means, and some. Uh, proactive steps you can take to harness the power of the death watch beetle on this card the uh, keyword that he has on on it is fear and i think that says a lot because the death watch beetle in the books and in the movie it's it's feared right it's mm-hmm. a sign of death and another word that he includes in this is insecurity let me just let me just read what 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 it says about yeah card. go ahead so it says whatever you are stressing about whatever is on your mind whatever the matter is Know that you do not need to worry. A little different than, than the book. <laughs> yeah, really? Like, you better
1: <laughs> close the curtains. You better sl- fucking worry. <laughs> uh,
0: so things are not as they seem. Rise above fear and see what is actually in front of you. You know the truth. Take comfort and solace in that. Fear feeds on your insecurities. Don't give in to these negative and unnecessary energies. They have no benefit to you. If you are having trouble and wish to deepen your connection to the card, try the following. And here's a little bit of spell work he includes, which I love about this deck because he, he includes these little short and sweet spells that you can just do to kind of get into the energy of the card. And yeah. Um, yeah. So he says, infuse a black candle with your fears and anxieties. Focus your energy or even inscribe it. Light this candle and as it burns, release all of your worries, fears, and insecurities. And the mantra that he has on this card is I release my fears. Do you do any candle magic? Um, I've done it, I've done it in the past. Wait, Mm -hmm. do you have something playing in the background?
1: No. What are you hearing? Do you hear that? No. Are you hearing ghosts?
0: No. Oh, my God. I guess my ear turned on Facebook and somebody's Facebook (laughs) or turned on somebody's Instagram live on in the background. Hold on. That would be
1: terrifying. I'm glad you're all right.
0: That scared the hell out of me. I hope you guys didn't hear that on the other.
1: (laughs) Oh, I hope we can include that. Free publicity for whoever that... Instagram. I, th- I is... thought
0: somebody was intercepting our call. I was like, oh my god. What the Whoa. Fuck is going on? Whoa. Um. So to go <laughs> back to your question, do I do mm-hmm. any candle magic? I have done it in the past. I have. Mm-hmm. Do you? Uh,
1: not as of late. I did one big one, but it's usually not what I turn to. If I do, like I don't <clears throat> typically like anoint candle or do anything yeah. like that just because it's not my forte, but the one thing I did this past year um, worked real well. It was... What'd you do? (laughs) Powerful. What'd you do? Uh, I did a cord cutting. So a little thing, people might've seen it on like TikTok, but you take two candles and you can, how I did it was I inscribed uh, on each candle. One represented me and one represented another person. Um, You can use a thorn. You can use, um, I used a a nail, like an iron nail. And then you take a, a string of some kind and you tie them together. You stand them up facing each other and then you have a string between them and you light each candle and it's a, t- a form of cord cutting
0: mm-hmm. but um
1: that's what i did this past year and golly
0: it worked Oof, yeah nice I um, did, did with, you yeah did you do this outside, by the way? Because I've seen some people on TikTok doing that in the house and it looks so dangerous. I'm like, you're going to set your house on fire.
1: (laughs) No. So I took a time lapse of it actually, because I wanted to go back and kind of meditate on it. And while I was doing it, so I forget what the sequence was. I needed to, I knew I wanted to do this thing. It didn't start raining yet. But as I was starting to do the, um, the spell, the winds picked up and the rain started. It was raining the whole time. And it was one of those chime candles. So those take like Forty minutes, thirty minutes yeah. to, to b- burn down. Yeah, uh, so it burnt all the way down, and like the whole spiel happened. And I was like, "Shit, oh, I know what I need to do is go out and get rainwater and do this, this, and this." And by the time I needed to go out and get rainwater, the rain stopped, and I had, the jar I had left outside was filled, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Like, wow. I, <laughs> like the universe is hanging out with me. So that was pretty cool. Um, that so then. Cool. I use that rainwater and like a binding to put that picture of the person. Uh, I put them in like a ziploc with the rain storm water,
0: I bind and I put it in the freezer. Me. I bind it's you exactly what hard. I did. Harm against other people and harm against <laughs> um, exactly the most recent candle magic that I can think of that I've done is in my Patreon group. I think it was like last fall, sometime. I think it was around the equinox um the autumnal equinox last year if oh, i remember wow. co- I re- if i remember correctly we did like sigil magic with like a green we all had a green candle i love that it came up with this sigil that kind of represented every aspect of our life as a whole and then we kind of like rated those things on a scale of like one to ten and then mm-hmm. we had to like connect the dots and, oh, then, wild. and then with those dots connected it created like some kind of shape
1: do you still have yours I do. You have to show me sometime. It doesn't have to be this moment.
0: I think it's in my drawer back there. But um, yeah. So we inscribed these signs onto our green candle. This candle was supposed to symbolize, I guess, balance in our lives. So anywhere that we were lacking in that specific area of our life, the the sigil on the candle was supposed to enhance and increase balance um, to kind of also symbolize the equinox because the equinox is like you know the balance between yeah the light and the dark so it was a really cool and visual way to kind of represent that balance in our life but that's the most recent candle magic I can think of that I've done
1: that's awesome I think you should if you end up editing this one you should include this that's the really fascinating and you can include mine because you know what i have to say is like you're so vain (laughs) you probably think the spell is about you
0: (laughs) yeah i mean if you're listening to this and you think the spell is about you then maybe it is about you and maybe maybe
1: it is maybe maybe it
0: isn't isn't. you know we're
1: not so we're good (laughs) okay we're gonna um lay down some scientific facts for everybody and along with those Scientific facts, Christina, a lot of Latin names. (laughs) Give us the science. Okay, I'm gonna do my best. Latin is not for me, but I tried to write it out phonetically. I have an
0: idea. If you can't figure out how to say the Latin word, just go with Wingardium Leviosa, and we're good. Okay. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So the Death Watch Beetle is Zestro be me
0: nope <laughs> <laughs> why did it add- off on a really good foot here
1: why the hell did it add an extra i okay <laughs> zestrobium zestrobium but it's spelled x-e-s-t-r excuse me x-e-s-t-o Zestro- zestrobium okay. Wait, zestrobium are,
0: when you start a word with x isn't it usually pronounced like a z like zesto Zestobium? yep
1: Zestobium. The yep, yeah. there we go. Roy Royfovor-
0: Zestobium leviosa. Roy Fovalor. <laughs> Roy Fovalor. <laughs> Roy Fovoliosum.
1: <laughs> Royfovor- <laughs> <Do you> Roy Fovoliosum. <laughs> <laughs> Zestobium Roy Fovoliosum. Roy
0: Fovoliosum.
1: <laughs> Got it. That last but, okay. one. Just keep all of it but, in though.
0: But what the fuck does that mean?
1: <laughs> Zestobium Roy Fiboliosum is a species of wood-boring beetle that sometimes infest uh, the structural timbers of old buildings. The adult beetle is brown, and it measures on average about 7 millimeters or 0. 0.3 inches long. So, okay. dude, I go off of what the Death Watch beetle looks like in the movie, whether yeah. that is actually one or not. But in California, they have beetles that look a lot like that that they call their stink bugs. Uh-huh. I don't know about you, but East Coast stink bugs look like the, sh- the
0: shield brown shield you know what stink bugs kind of look like they kind of look like well you lantern flies are not a problem where you are christina Mm -hmm. right but in new jersey they're pretty much rampant like these these are everywhere and they kind of look very similar except the lanternfly is like red and spotted but it's kind of like the same kind of like shield kind of back.
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I need to look up a picture of this Death Watch beetle because I was like, is that really what it looks like? And the ones that have popped up, they're kind of cute. Like they're a little, a little fuzzy. They're kind of like fuzzy looking.
0: They don't look as, I guess, attractive as it does in the movie. I don't know what kind of beetle they use in the movie, but the actual Death Watch beetle, I think it looks a little uglier than the one that they used in the movie. And I can see why they were like, yeah, we're not going to use a real Death Watch beetle in the movie because this shit looks yeah. ugly as hell. Yes. They had to kind of like... um Glorify it or uh, glamorize it a little bit for Hollywood. Yep. So that makes sense.
1: Got the, got the red carpet treatment. But yeah. Death Watch beetles are macro invertebrates, and it's, that is any animal lacking a backbone and large enough to see without the aid of a microscope. The Death Watch beetle, Zestobium. <laughs> oh, vulnerable. Just, so stop. Yeah, it just stop. Just stop trying.
0: Then, anytime that, that word comes back up, just skip it. The
1: furniture beetle is a species of beetle from the Zestobium genus. The length of their cycle, the life cycle depends on their uh habitat and their nutrition the time required for their larva to evolve into an adult can be as short as one year to 13 years does that sound right that's a long time after evolving uh, as an adult they emerge from the holes made in the wood and whenever they come out it speeds up the decaying um, of the timber and leaves holes in the wood around the size of it says three to four millimeters which I am that's metrics right so I don't
0: I don't yeah I it's don't know.
1: Point 0.1 to point 0.2 inches well I
0: guess that kind of does makes sense because there's a certain kind of cicada that every it lays dormant like mm-hmm. every 17 years it comes yeah. up from the ground and then they just freaking swarm your entire neighborhood like a, mm-hmm. like the biblical locusts <laughs> like i remember we had um a, a cicada infestation some years ago and it was horrible they were everywhere i was batting them off with my purse like i was like getting them. <laughs> it was very scary but I, I guess that kind of makes sense maybe some insect species do that whole dormant thing yeah, and so pop up well, out of nowhere after many many years
1: so between one and 13 years is when they are fully matured do you want me to keep going there's yeah. a really cool factor at the bottom here we're gonna scoot on to the feeding and reproduction of oh.
0: the death- Okay. Xylophagus do you, do you, larva. I like that word, xylophagus. I do
1: too. Xylophagus larva, which is very soft, bores it through wood as it feeds on it. Inside the larva's alimentary canal are pockets of yeast that are very important in helping the larva to be able to digest the cellulose it feeds on. The mother death watch beetle, ooh, that's like a good band name. Mother death watch. Mother reminds me of De- like,
0: it's a metal band.
1: I was going to say, do you watch Death Clock? Maybe. No. Okay. The mother death watch beetle, on the other hand, has two receptacles of yeast that are located around its orifice. Orifice? Orifice.
0: That's just orifice? Okay, I read yeah. <laughs> But you made it French, I like it.
1: <laughs> Let me try to read through my just, ears. Just, yeah, this is where she lays her eggs. Uh, uh, um.
0: <laughs> We're gonna have to cut this. No, just leave, it. Just leave it. It's fine. It's I'm fine. gonna just
1: leave it. But I can't see. So give me one second. <laughs> your,
0: face, your face is bright red. I know because I'm so hot. I'm so hot. <laughs> oh, right. whew, whew. Okay. We're gonna have fun editing this one. Woo. All right, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. <sighs> All
1: right. We had to collect ourselves from uh, a giggle. <laughs> right, we're talking about the mother death watch beetle. So this is where she lays her eggs from meaning the
0: Sorry. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, I'm going to just skip that. I'm going to skip that sentence. The reason for I had too much that- coffee this morning. The my reason coffee <laughs> is. It's giving me the giggles. What's in this coffee? Uh, <sighs> okay. Go, go do it. I'm going to put my hand over my face so you can't see me. <laughs>
1: this is where she lays her eggs, um, for me, that each egg is laid with yeast clinging in onto the shell. The reason for this is that the larva nibbles its way out of the shell. It will swallow some of the yeast, which will therefore help in the digestion of the cellulose it feeds on. Okay, this is also super cool, super metal. So the name of this beetle, I guess they're referring to the death—the mother death, wa- death watch beetle, is called a Cleopatra.
0: Wait, it says, co- <laughs> it says yeah. Coleopa. Coleoptera. Cleo? No! Is that a typo? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's it like might- Coleoptera. Hang on. Coleoptera.
1: Let, me- okay, let, me- <laughs> <laughs> let me go to that site real quick.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, girl. You what?
1: <laughs> All right. Oh, it is Cleo. No, it's Cole-
0: Cole-optera. Is that is that Coleoptera. It is <laughs> Coleoptera. You called it Cleopatra. <laughs> it, it, all right, it is not Cleopatra, you guys. It is Coleoptera. Oh, know, a bit of, okay.
1: Ooh,
0: <laughs> this episode! I'm, oh my god, okay. Okay, so the
1: scientific name for the mother death watch beetle is Coleopatera, not Cleopatra, Cleopatra. I read it 30 minutes ago. <laughs> Oh, oh Please take us away into some su- superstition so I can compose myself.
0: <laughs> compose yourself. Okay. So according to superstition, the sound actually a mating call was believed to forecast an approaching death. Its name is derived from the credence that it was often heard by the people on watch with an ill person on the verge of death. And that source comes from Britannica.com. So I guess that's where Alice Hoffman kind of, she probably kind of deep dived into some superstition and some lore from like, you know, the old timey mm-hmm days mm-hmm. and she uh threw it in the book pretty cool. yeah britannica.com
1: so, is legit that's a legit source so yeah go alice
0: <laughs> you go glencoe <laughs> <laughs> oh god okay because people in days come <laughs> it can't stop now, <laughs> it can't stop now. Uh, <gasps> because i'm gonna turn my
1: camera off that might help yeah I,
0: I can't see you Okay there. All right, so because people in days gone by held vigils at the bedside of the dead or dying, the ticking beca- became synonymous with death. Since another word for vigil is watch, hence we get death watch as a result. Some people think the beetle became a death omen. Okay, that makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um in lancashire 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 it spelled death if the beetle only tapped three times some people thought the ticking was that of time itself specifically how much the dying person had left or how much time how much time they had left others thought it was the grim reaper tapping his fingers while he waited oh my god that gives me chills i love love that that, isn't it that's so creepy i love that A superstition that came across with settlers from Europe established itself here in the eastern U.S. It involved death and a bug. We'll just get that one out of there. Yeah, that was very generic. Okay. Um, So back in the day, people did not die in hospitals, but rather in their own beds. And it became a tradition to watch over the dying until the end. And this became known as the death watch or vigil. During this time, the house was kept very quiet with limited activity and conversations held in a whisper. Mm -hmm. With the house, this still a tapping sound could often be heard that seemed to come from all over the house and occurred often enough that the sound became synonymous with impending death and superstitions arose as a result. So
1: the houses are just falling apart. They're just falling down and all their wood is rotting. And
0: they yeah, beetles yeah. are
1: infesting their woodwork, yeah. And they're here, like.
0: yeah. And they're over here, just like, oh my god, it's it's mm-hmm. ticking because this person's gonna die. No, no, you have, rather, you, you have,
1: you need, <laughs> you need to call a contractor,
0: you need to call it, it's an exterminator, exterminator. yeah. <laughs> another was that it was the sound of time ticking off the dying person's last moments records of the phenomenon date back to the 17th century so it was a spooky occurrence that's been around for a while and that source is from Middlesbrough News.com
1: so a lot of our uh, information we're going to link all of those those sites in the show notes below we tried to put them in as we went along with whatever we were reading from but this kind of got extensive so we're just going to put them all at the bottom and if you guys are part of our Patreon, you will get these notes. So if you, if it's something you're interested in, it's yours. Um, so Yay. you had mentioned the 17th century. So that kind of is a good segue into uh, where the Death Watch Beetle pops up in literature and pop culture. And one of our first uh, entries here is that it pops up in the 1843 short story, The Telltale Heart.
0: Um, oh, one of my favorites. One of my favorites.
1: He's. Have you ever been to his... Um... Don't they do like a big... Uh tour
0: me and my husband we went on a road trip we visited Williamsburg Virginia and we had to drive through Richmond to get there it's only about I want to say maybe an hour away and Richmond uh-huh. was one of our stops and we stopped in this place called the fan district because it's kind of like shaped like a fan on the oh. map mm-hmm. and it's like a really artsy cool town and um, we stopped there we loved it and we were we were always like we want to go back let's just do a Richmond trip alone cool yeah and then I actually saw, I watched this uh, couple on YouTube called the Grim Life Collective, and they- Is that just you and
1: Avi's? other name because that could be your other name
0: right The yeah. Collective. but we we watched this couple on youtube and they actually visited they do a lot of like haunted sites and they visit a lot of haunted places and hollywood and you know the south and stuff like that but they did a stint in richmond virginia and they actually went to the eggrell and poe museum so that's in richmond and i actually didn't know that that was in richmond until i saw that on their channel and i was like oh my god we were in richmond like why didn't we know this was there so next time we roll through of richmond we're definitely going to make it a point to stop at the Alamo you-
1: museum. That's sweet. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Let me know how how it goes. Well, will. Um- yeah so in the telltale heart there's no actual beetle but the sound the continuous maddening of the sound i guess was some people think that this was the concept that inspired edgar Allan poe and it's um a man by the name of john e riley not john c riley drew a parallel between (laughs) the apparent ticking of the dead man's heart and the sound of death watch beetle
0: i'm like a combination between fergie and jesus is that what he said in the stepbrothers oh (laughs) oh man <laughs> Bernie <C. and> Riley. <laughs> uh,
1: this episode um, is super giggly we'll tr- really try oh to God. um cut out a lot of the, the shouting <laughs> Just Leave like, it
0: in. it's not
1: know. we're talking about death man this should not be as funny but it is oh My God. Um, well you
0: know you gotta laugh about about it you know it's a part yeah. of life and it's it it's it can be very foreboding but you gotta make make some jokes
1: uh when you get to worry all you have to do is sing so say a th- really? song lyric whose artist I forget right now. But in a <laughs> 17, 80, in 1787, uh, the Beatle was included in a three-page inventory written by a man named Francis Gross. He was an English antiquary, a droughtsman, and a lexicographer, what which a I lexicographer? had to look up. I linked it here. So we're going to look up right. what a lexicographer g- g- is. Is <laughs> <laughs> a study of lexicons. Okay, we have to go there to that. That that explains a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And divide it. And is divided into two separate academic disciplines. Oh, um, practical lexicography is the art or crafting of compiling. Did you see my lights in my room? Yeah,
0: what the hell? Dude, is that? Well,
1: our, bl- our that hurricane Ian is blowing through. Oh no, is the um excuse me, is the art or crafting of compiling, writing, and editing dictionaries. And then there's theoretical uh, lexiconography, and it that is the scholarly study of semantics. We're got gonna it. just stop right there. <laughs>
0: That's a whole rabbit hole in and of itself. Yeah.
1: Um, so <laughs> but However, according to Wikipedia, the all-knowing Wikipedia is more likely um, that the that it was like the metronomic ticking of, this is their theory, that it was the metronomic ticking of a book louse, mm. which also had to look up. So when you get de they're taking care of lice. So it's a book li- like book lice.
0: Ew. Yeah, yeah ew.
1: Rather than it being the grouping of six to eight taps made by the Death Watch beetle. Another reference is by John Keats. He's an English poet known for his poem ode to the nightingale even mentioned the death watch tick in his 1818 poem endoninum
0: and and i think it's endymion 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 <laughs> <Endimion. laughs> within ye hear no sound no
1: loud as when on captain Bear, the death
0: watch tick is stifled wow.
1: was that? Was that, that was that good very
0: that was dramatic that was beautiful
1: Thank you. Uh, again it's going to pop up in 1876 in the adventures of Tom Sawyer by Mark Twain. Next should I do that accent again? Yes, please. Or should I do? next the ghastly ticking of the death watch in the wall at the bed bed's <laughs> head made Tom shudder. It meant that somebody's days were numbered. Ooh, Did you like how I switched that up a little bit? I so do. if I If I I, uh, do a little accent, then it gives me more time to read the words ahead and not (laughs) fuck them up. (laughs) Um, So, uh, we also have... Beatrix Potter. Yes. Beatrix Potter! Not (laughs) associated with Mr. Harry Potter. She is the author of Peter Rabbit. uh, And she references this beetle in her children's book, The Tailor of Gloucestershire. Gloucester? gloucester.
0: I think it's Gloucester.
1: gloucester. Yeah. yeah. I really think I have a form of dyslexia. <laughs> and this was written in 1901, published 1903, when it says, when the mice under the teacups start up, a chorus of little tappings, all sounding together and answering no other, like watch beetles, in an old worm-eaten wood shutter. Window shutter. Fuck me. Lovely. Uh, in... <laughs> Dorothy L. Sayers, Gaudy Night, Chapter 17, The Mechanisms of the Ticking of the Death Watch Beetle is discussed and is compared to the clicking sound made by the ill fated hard shirt front.
0: I don't know what that means. I
1: don't know what that means either. Oh my gosh. So, guys, I'm going to throw some poetry at you. So, hang oh, tight.
0: Oh, God. Are you going to do it in an old English accent, please?
1: All right. We're getting to present day. So, in 1988, Linda Paston. Yeah. Linda Passon wrote a poem entitled The Death Watch Beetle. So uh, I think it's about f- when I looked it up, this is edited. I think it was like six verses. So this is verse. Uh, I think I did number four and five. It says. All right. Well, uh, this is 1988. You can't do old English.
0: Yeah, that's pretty. That's Oh, OK. <laughs>
1: it yeah. says the Death Watch Beetle earned its name, not from the ugliness or our terror of insects, but simply because of the sound it makes ticking. When your spirit perfects itself, Will it escape out of a nostril or through the spiral passage of an ear, or is it even now battering against your thin skull, wild to get through, blood brother to the crimson bird?
0: That's so. Ah. That's really uh, ominous. Um, it is. Yeah. We will so, link that entire poem in the show notes down below. I want to go read the whole thing now. I've never yeah, read girl. This poem.
1: Then uh, I also found it uh, mentioned in a advanced D and uh, site the death Watch beetle there's a whole like beetle section so they i think they separated it into Death Wait, Watch beetle do you mean Sting D&D Beetle
0: as far as dungeons and dragons Yes ma'am Oh shit it's a, it's, yeah, a yeah. it's a plot point in dungeons and dragons
1: Dude I don't know I don't play dungeons and dragons but I'm going to tell you about it I'm going to tell you that Go it's on. armor armor class 3 its special attack is the death rattle and its special defense is camouflage So wow. which brings us to our topic today 1995 it yeah. is an Alice Hoffman's uh, book Practical Magic. There we go. Uh,
0: yeah, she, she basically uses it as an omen of death, and the main character hears it shortly before her, her husband dies, which we've already discussed a million times over yeah. in the podcast, but that's a, pretty, that's a pretty cool extensive kind of trail back to the beginnings of time.
1: No, <laughs> thanks for sticking that out. That was rough.
0: That was I, rough. We had the giggles. We're sorry, you guys.
1: For somebody A who is sick, it's murky and retrograde. I don't have my glasses on, and I think I'm dyslexic. Like... She's let me do the same <laughs> paragraphs over and over, so much, much thanks. Are
0: you kidding me? This is like prime entertainment right here. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, Yeah, so I think we're going to take a quick, short little break here, and when we come back, we will talk a little bit more about be- beetle magical properties and some of the things that the beetle symbolizes. And what else do we have on this list? Oh, beetles and dreams. Yeah. That'd be a cool one. All right. We'll be... So we'll be right back. You're listening to Magnolia Street Podcast. Thank you guys so much for sticking around. We are back. All right.
1: We're going to dive into some magical properties. So we really kind of pinpointed the Death Watch beetle, but I think now we're going to just do more generalized beetle. Yeah.
0: Beetles are I guess, a very, I think they command a lot of respect from some cultures, right?
1: Yeah, it sounds like they've been a solid symbol uh, in a lot of different cultures for a long time for yeah. for many different things so we're going to go over those.
0: Yeah, I found a cool little bit on their magical properties, I guess if you're planning on using it in your magic. Um this comes from aminoapps.com/c/the witches circle and I think uh, that's a site where different users can pop on and post like their different kinds of magical findings, magical workings. I guess you can compare it to kind of like a digital working grimoire, like a collaborative mm. grimoire if if, if that's oh, how cool. it, if I'm understanding. Understanding this site correctly anyway. But on um, this is what I found on there as far as uh, the magical properties of the beetle. And this the author is Nixie Vale and Nixie says the beetle symbolizes strength, industry, structure, persistence, creativity, recycling, cleanliness, adaptation, community, family, uniqueness, metamorphosis, transformation, and resourcefulness. So some of, mm-hmm. I guess, the, the themes that kind of run throughout the um, whole concept of the beetle is their strength in numbers, which associates with the themes of community, the value of having roots, which associates with the themes of family, the importance of pragmatism and strategy when solving problems, which associates with themes of adaptation, Being mindful about what we are putting out into the environment, which associates with themes of recycling. Taking stock of thoughts, feelings, or attitudes that no longer serve us, which associate with themes of thoughtfulness. And the importance of accepting that changes happen and surrendering to these transitions, which coincides with themes of transformation and metamorphosis. So those are just some of the magical properties that uh, Nixie Vale posted on that website, which we will link in the show notes down below. Yeah, and, yeah. This is great. Gonna...
1: We don't think of uh, we we think of a beetle as a pest most of the time, and I know there are yeah. certain people who keep keep beetles as uh, pets, but most of the time, not so much. But yeah, they're real important to the a ecosystem and to different societies around the world for many e- eon. Yeah. Ian, 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 <laughs> Ian's <laughs> knocking on my window.
0: Many hurricane eons ago.
1: <laughs> Good one. <laughs>
0: beetles hold a special meaning for the ancient egyptians and this goes into the whole um i guess scarab symbolism which Mm -hmm. is especially popular and even holds a special religious meaning to them um the beetle meaning is typically related to the sun god for most egyptians up until the late 17th century europeans believed beetles and other bugs to spontaneously generate from dead and decaying matter for this reason the black beetle in in the house um it meant that it was believed to be Uh, death, or even spirits in the house. Scarab beetle meanings and meanings of black beetles from ancient Egypt to Congo was creation, renewal, and rebirth. And I always, like, I think we've we've talked about this before when you're researching this, Christina, we were talking about the whole scarab um, Mm -hmm. concept in The Mummy, the movie. Do you remember Mm -hmm. the movie? Didn't it it come out of his wait didn't it come out of his face
1: oh did you see it like crawl up his arm and then into his abdomen and it does the whole like up his neck and he's like comes oh yeah that wait
0: i also have to mention that that guy is also billy zane <laughs> what are you talking about remember in the first episode you were like we were like who's that guy from Hocus Pocus Billy Butcherson you were like wait you mean Billy Zane Zane?" (laughs) no that's the guy from Titanic and now the mummy so
1: oh my gosh we'll have
0: to get Billy Zane on this show and just
1: (laughs) oh my gosh could we please just (laughs) take him to dinner
0: so Native American symbolism Uh, Native Americans were scared of woodland insects, beetles, and other bugs as they caused diseases. But in some healing practices, the Native healers would blow tobacco smoke in the ears to drive out beetles and woodland insects as they supposedly dried out the brain and led to insanity. And that's something, like, I never really thought about before. Like, Native Americans who were living in woodland, wooded areas, like, I guess that would have been, like, a really serious threat. Like, bugs Mm -hmm. crawling in the ear. That's something that, like, I never you know even thought about before Yeah,
1: that's what we're doing this podcast is like we get to learn i all know kinds of new
0: things. finding out so much um so for the native americans killing beetles was considered an ill omen mm-hmm. bugs were messengers messengers about sex and also about the harvest each year if a bug like beetle was seen in the home it was considered a sign of fertility bees june bugs and beetles were viewed as symbols of protection love and fertility
1: so it's interesting that um they were scared of them because it caused
0: disease. Where did you? Where did you just read that? Oh, in the first um, section of the yeah. Native American symbolism. Okay,
1: yeah, they they were uh, considered disease, and they were kind of scared of them. But it was also they didn't want to kill them. Like, right. it was an ill omen to, to kill them, so they had yeah, to just like, live harmoniously together. It was like a catch-22. Yeah. um, And so, some Eastern symbolism. In Japan, beetles are kept as pets. Oh, there we go. Yeah. See, I knew people... Okay, prehistoric man of 10,000 to 20,000 years ago had beetle-shaped pendants. The Chinese believe that insects like beetles are excited and pra- impregnated by the wind. Interesting. Okay, we're going to go with it. That's a concept. <laughs> yeah. Beetles or scarabias? I guess, scarabius
0: yeah, yeah is that a word
1: hey got another one thrown at us is also a chinese symbol of creation
0: resurrection or new life christianity symbolism beetles started being used in medicine you could find prescriptions like take a beetle cut off its head put put it into a vat of snakes cook the head and wings and boil everything give it as a drink to people who are sick which is...
1: yeah put it into the fat of snakes
0: yeah and you know what I Ugh. find very interesting is that this this is under Christianity symbolism but yeah that sounds very witchy to me
1: <laughs> oh for sure <laughs> for um, sure Yeah, oh, you, you sick we're gonna bloodlet yeah. you, you sick we're gonna do an enema you know kind of thing
0: in Leviticus I guess 11 20... 22 which is the verse right
1: yeah chapter 11 verse 22 i'm a horrible
0: i'm a horrible
1: catholic
0: (laughs) i never like listen okay i never paid attention because it just wasn't my vibe but nope um, in, in Leviticus, the beetle is mentioned with the grasshopper and the bald locust, all beetles after their kind, but experts now say that this entry is erroneous. So click beetles do not have the same type of jumping energy.
1: So they were getting roped in with the it sounds like they were getting roped in with the, grass with the grasshopper and the locust yeah. got it okay but it's yeah. like no no no
0: it's different mm-hmm. and the new king james bible overcame these mistakes and properly corrected them to crickets to describe the leaping insects of leviticus
1: awesome all right i'm gonna go for celtic symbolism i don't know how i keep getting the uh, the ones with the crazy words but we're gonna do our best so in celtic <laughs> symbolism Beetles are a picture of holy benevolence and grace in some Celtic le- legends and some not so much. A European rove beetle is commonly known as the devil's coach horse. Oh, I like that. Ooh, I like that a lot. This, some of this I'm reading for the first time. It is a long <laughs> black beetle that is beneficial to farmers as it consumes the wire worms that harm crops. The name comes due to the stance that it takes when confronted or threatened. It raises its tail in a manner similar to the scorpion stance Hmm, when it wants to attack. In Irish folktales, there's a story about a beetle where it is described as the devil incarnate. The Irish folktale also mentions that there is only one way to kill this beetle, which is also called Daol. D-A-O-L. How would you pronounce that one?
0: De- Dale? Dale? Dale?
1: The Irish word for devil. And that is kill it using with fire. fire. Kill it with
0: fire. <laughs> kill it with fire. Or, or don't, because the Native Americans will have a heart attack. They yeah. Don't. Deem it very bad luck to do that. Yeah.
1: Um, for any object used to crush the dale, thumb, stone, or boot will lead to mortal injury. So you're only allowed to use fire. No crushing, no crushing. Right. Yeah. Uh to the one attempting to kill the dale. In various European countries until the time of the ancient Greeks, common door beetles, D-O-R beetles and dung beetles came to the be associated with the devil in celtic witchcraft and rituals the scarab beetles spiritual meaning is very deep because uh it miraculously hatches itself out of dung creating life out of nothing
0: creating cool. life out of shit yeah <laughs> which is pretty accurate i know it is pretty accurate yeah. yeah so beetle african symbolism it is said that some west african women still raise beetles feed them On Datura, Um, actually, that's a poisonous plant, right? also known yeah. as the devil's trumpet
1: yeah those those trumpet flowers that yeah. hang upside down they're yeah. so beautiful
0: yeah and then they mix the beetle feces within the food to eliminate unnecessary husbands or unfaithful lovers cool So that, kind of, that is kind of i'm wondering if alice hoffman took from this little bit of african symbolism because that's kind of like you know killing off husbands that that's so neat. you know that's mm-hmm. interesting so that kind of coincides with the whole practical magic concepts and themes mm-hmm. um in ancient egypt the scare beetle was seen as a potent solar symbol and uh, an attractor of good fortune. And also Egyptians believed that the scarab was a symbol of life beyond the grave. That appears to have arisen from observations of beetles emerging from the ball of dung in which they lay their eggs. There we go. Yeah. And this beetle was the sky god and the disc held its eggs. Therefore, Egyptians believed that the sun was the offspring of the scarab beetle. So there is oh, a connection cool. between the beetle and the sun, which is very neat.
1: Cool, cool cool so these um there was a bit most of this is taken from a website called uh, worldbirds.com slash beetle symbolism. And they also had an interpretation of what dream uh, beetles mean in dreams. But I just, I pulled out two of my books from, from my shelf. Binaries. Yeah. Yeah. So before I get to that, let me read this a little bit. So if you are having dreams about beetles, it oh, says no. since scarab beetles are a symbol of the human soul, dreaming of a scarab beetle can also mean that a past loved one is trying to communicate with you. Ooh. That's interesting. I never thought of the beetle as like. a messenger can transition yeah between the two worlds as a messenger so the one book that i have is called the dream dictionary from a to z by teresa chung and it says to see a beetle in your dreams indicates that some destructive influences may be at work in your waking life you may also feel that your values and beliefs are being compromised if you see a scarab beetle this means uh, you are concentrating on your ability to survive and adapt to change it may also represent anxiousness about death and aging interesting the other Yeah. The other book I have is called The Ultimate Dictionary of Dream Language by Brasidia. Brasidia? Yeah. Ryan. Brasidia Ryan. I like this one. (laughs) You may enjoy a speedy and profitable reunion with somebody special. It is also important to get a checkup to rule out and... (laughs) (laughs) Anemia? anemia. What? <laughs> Get that anemia checked out.
0: <clears throat> or eat your steak, right? That's very high. Yes. In, uh, what is iron? Yeah, that's a lack of iron, right? Iron deficiency nope. is anemia. Uh,
1: if you dream about a dung beetle, supposedly created out of nothing but bodily waste and manure, therefore dreaming of one might mean that you need to trust in your creativity and inner wisdom and power.
0: I like that. I love all those dream interpretations.
1: Yeah. Um, well, so... I'll keep those two books in mind for for other topics we do because um, I think yeah. that's a fun little insert.
0: Cool. It is, yeah. And I, like I said, I think we're going to do another whole episode on the Death Watch Beetle down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. Awesome. So, beetles as omens. From symbols of death to creation to the human soul, the beetle encounters meaning varies. That doesn't mean- <laughs> <laughs> Am I having it's a It's me- The The meaning varies, varies, I guess. <laughs> The beetle's meaning varies from culture to culture. a beetle flying into a window is a good omen. Huh. In a a black beetle, meaning if it flies into your room is impending sickness or even death. In England, it is considered unlucky to kill a beetle. And again, we touch on the Egyptians. They worship the scarab beetle as a symbol symbol of sunlight and regeneration. Christians believe that beetles are Christ himself, owing to their ability to turn impure into pure. If you accidentally kill a beetle, it is sure to rain. I've never heard that Cool. It is very unlu- unlucky to trample a beetle. And Japanese believe that certain species of beetle like to gouge out human eyes. <laughs> it is horrible in ireland Ugh. there is a beetle called the coffin cutter which is symbolic Ooh. of the grave death and purgatory that's coffin cutter bad ass i love it yeah, coffin yeah. Cutter. <laughs> um old german belief is that stag beetles are diabolic in ireland almost all species of beetles have considered to be the devil reincarnate seeing a beetle can bring on a rainstorm the next day or in gloucester england the rain beetles death is symbolic of a rainstorm the ticking of a clock beetle is a terrible omen of death. In the olden days, beetles were crushed to make medicines for treating diseases of the throat and ear. Awesome.
1: Interesting. So I forgot to mention that um, that the author of this name is Garth C. Clifford. Garth! And this is from <laughs> worldbirds.com, which I mentioned, but I wanted to make sure I got his name in there.
0: Garth! Um, nice. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the beetle as a spirit animal?
1: And I think this goes as far as like totem animal. Um, If it's something you connect, if it's an animal species, because I don't want to step on any cultural toes, but if it's um, an animal you connect with. If a beetle shows up as your animal, know that you have the creativity and power to make the best from waste. So you can make a good you can make the good out of shit. You Mm. are a self-respecting individual, very calm, loyal, steady, and still. You have the ability to act fast and jump up to new opportunities and chances, exactly like the beetles do when they see dung. You also share a special relationship with the sun, just like the scarab and dung beetles are how they are closely linked with the sun, light, and renewal. So go ahead, spend time in the early morning soaking up the morning sun
0: while you're listening to the Beatles sing here comes the sun
1: and <laughs> and he is part of a band called Coffin Cutter <laughs> because the Beetle seems that's to create metal,
0: that's my new metal band
1: I, I just want to sign yeah I'm going to sign in with that name from now on to whatever <laughs> because the Beetle seems to create itself from an invisible egg in the dirt it's also an image of egyptian mythology for self-creation you are a self-made person and will go far in life without having to depend on anyone uh the beetle may also show up in your life in some aspect uh something that is nagging or holding you back use the beetle's medicine to rise up from a situation the scarab beetle is also a symbol of the soul therefore the beetle spiritual meeting may be a soul trying to connect with you in any case no that the spirit guides are watching over you and that you are being taken care of.
0: That's sweet. So, Nixie Vale also said that the beetle says, I have come to you now to remind you to take the time to say thank you for the things you have. I come to you now because you need a little structure in your life. I have come to you today to tell you that you need to center, ground, and root yourself. I come to you today to tell you that you need to stay level-headed and grounded with family matters. I have come to you today to tell you it's a good time to take stock of your thoughts, letting go of what's not working, or anything negative i come to you to remind you that taking your time and going step by step will make you swifter progress and i was once worshipped by the ancients and to them i represent the spirit i come here today to tell you to pay attention to messages especially those concerning spirituality and spiritual maturity And the Beatles. Yeah. And the Beatles greatest symbolic meaning is telling you to go with the flow of life, embracing it, changes and challenges, allowing transitions to teach us the lessons we are to learn. Let the beetle impart their wisdom and experience. And Christina, I see, did you put this little bit about the Death Watch Beetle tea?
1: Yeah, dude. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, us, we have to you. we have to interview this person because they have a whole line of practical magic and style inspired teas. Ooh, so wow. they're yeah their Watch Beetle tea. This is by Adago, Adagio Adagio A D A G I O teas. Are they on Instagram? Uh, I don't I don't uh, think the teas are on Instagram. I haven't checked, but um I'm gonna link everything below. But in their Death Watch Beetle blend, uh it is a blend of black tea raspberry leaves natural pomegranate flavors raspberry natural cranberry flavors green pico and cranberries and you steep it um for at 195 <laughs> degrees just steep it for three minutes and it's a highly caffeinated mixture
0: oh my god so cool. that is very cool i didn't yeah. know that somebody made a whole line of practical magic teas that's so cool I i'm gonna go check that out yeah. Um, so, real quick before we wrap up this episode, I just want to hit on the IMDb page for Practical Magic, where they actually explain a little more about the Death Watch Beetle and how they used it in the movie. So, the real Death Watch Beetle, Stobian Wingardium Leviosa. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll just go with that. Um, the, the real Death Watch Beetle does indeed make a noise associated in folklore with impending death, but for cinematic purposes, this presents a problem because when the beetle can be heard it cannot be seen because it will be concealed within its burrow in a piece of old timber or wood so Mm. in the movie we see it crawling about kind of out in the open but and while it's while it's ticking but in reality like we wouldn't if if we heard if you heard it ticking you wouldn't see it. It would so, be in
1: the wood doing it its thing. It's not, in, it doesn't yeah. make that sound roaming yeah, around. It sounds it, like, okay.
0: Yeah, so it would cool. yeah, It would be in the wood doing its thing. You wouldn't see it at all if um, it was making that sound. The sound in reality- the real sound of a real Death Watch Beetle is more of a rapid tapping rather than mm. the sound effect that they used. And it doesn't really specify what the sound effect that they used was mm-hmm. here, which I'm really interested to kind of dig a little deeper and see if we could find out what exactly kind of bug that is that they use that sound yeah. effect for. Maybe we can find like a Foley artist for that movie and be like, We're, hey, uh, yeah. what's up We're gonna."
1: We're going to interview Griffin Dunn and Denise DeNovi and find out the truth. Like, okay, well, the production.
0: we're going to put that out in the in the stars, in the universe. We, we Everybody don't
1: actually, blow up their Instagrams, please. We don't,
0: we don't actually have, okay, don't listen to Christina. We don't actually have <laughs> plans to interview either one of them. But that would be awesome to do in the future. And we will love yeah. some of these answers to these yeah. questions. So somebody start
1: a list now of like, hey, we need to ask them that. Yeah. Uh, so we can... Eh. Have your help later.
0: Yeah, I actually um, I actually found on Wikipedia the sound that is actually produced by the real-life Death Watch Beetle. And Sweet. when we hear that sound in from the real Death Watch Beetle, it's actually to attract mates. So oh. the sound is produced by knocking the head regularly on a wooden <gasps> substratum. And oh. um, we can actually... <laughs> include a sound right here so let's see i'm gonna open this and hopefully you can hear the sound if not we'll put the sound in in post so this is what it sounds like ready do you hear that so, Go, so it's basically him hitting his head against the wall
1: being like i wanna fuck <laughs> <laughs> right <Yeah. laughs> That's he's exactly thrashing around is. <laughs> so it's it's oh lord okay
0: Yeah, yeah the the death watch beetle in the movie kind of sounds more like like I don't know maybe a cicada right
1: very interesting that's so cool I'm glad you found that sound
0: yeah so um now I feel like I have to deep dive and kind of find out what the hell the actual sound sound was in the movie Yeah. yeah um and then I found like a whole info sheet of uh the death watch beetle as far as pests go so like this site called museum pest.net, they, um, they put together this whole fact sheet about the Death Watch Beetle, but a lot of this stuff is actually stuff that we've already Discussed earlier today, so I'm all not right. gonna I'm not gonna bore you guys with that. But that is all I think we have for you guys today on the Death Watch Beetle. It was pretty extensive, more extensive than I thought we were gonna get with this.
1: I'm so glad, man. I'm gonna learn so many new things, and I hope I can keep it all in my brain. But this, uh, yeah, I think this was a lot longer than we thought. But we want to know any of your questions or comments. Please let us know, um, or just tell us how much we suck. You can email us <laughs> no, at Magnolia Street not. Podcast at gmail.com and you can slide into our dms on instagram also at magnolia street podcast we are most of our socials are at magnolia street podcast you can find us or if you'd like to drop us a line that it would be played on maybe an upcoming episode you can send us an actual voice message and we will put that link below but you can also find uh that voice message link if you go to our instagram there's a thing called koji and it's it has all of our links right there. But you, I think you have to be a part of Anchor, and it's free. So if you want to send us a voice message, just go to anchor.fm.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And to access any of our bonus content, you can check us out at patreon.com slash Magnolia Street Podcast, where we offer a variety of tiers. You guys can support us and get all this extra bonus content. And um, also, you will get access to our patron-only polls. where where you can vote on what topics we will cover on the show next and also access all of our show notes in their entirety so after each episode we'll post our notes to our patreon page with sources and links so we did all the research so you don't have to
1: yeah really Um, you also get access to like our music uh catalog of all the songs we are we are trying to do trying to put out there that are practical magic inspired so you get to be a part of that
0: nothing is up there yet but as we roll out you know, each song that we have, we'll post them on there as we we have those mm-hmm. um and then also we have our private facebook community and our private discord server where we hope that you will join us behind the scenes and um, where you can talk about even more things practical magic and meet yeah. other people who are obsessed yeah. with the same thing so oh speaking of the music so i
1: know we kind of mentioned hey we're, we're doing these songs and we're real jazzed about the the intros and outros i want to let you guys know those that's justina singing and playing and her voice is just a little little angel baby and i Aww. love i love 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 that we we, uh, we have that. So get, show her some love because it's so catchy. I love that song. So, so I think much. you did a great job. But that is Justina singing our intro and outro. And she is um, the main person singing on all of our songs at the moment. Well, but we, you, you get you bo- to be. We
0: both wrote them, though. Let's. We both on. wrote them. Christina, give yourself the credit where credit yeah, is. Yeah.
1: Well, I'll give myself credit in saying that the um, a lot of the visual artwork for uh, this project and hopefully for like our album cover will be done by me.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And yeah, again, we'll post all of our links below where you can catch us, where you can catch us outside. How about that? How about that? And where it? you can support us. So I think that's it for today. All right.
1: This has been the Stinas. Thanks for listening to the Magnolia Street Podcast.
0: We'll see you we'll next see time. We'll see you next time. In that house. Down the street At that house on Magnolia Street would you go down to Magnolia Street with the mysterious girl that house magic and mystery so would you go down to Magnolia Street
1: no, what? <laughs> When you wrote, you're talking about Michael dying, was like, what
0: <laughs> is it tour de frauds? In- <laughs> <laughs> that just kills me. That whole scene kills me. I'm like, oh, well, that I scene know. killed Michael too, but oh, too oh, soon, too soon, Sorry. too soon. <laughs>